Hey, what up? It's Podcast Rebellion. We are back at it again here in the Davis Court State Farm Studio. Legal Gambling Council Week 6 is here. We will take our lashings in a moment, but first I want to remind you of the lovely sponsors of the show. I mentioned Davis McCord at the top, and that is the studio that we are in. He is your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. Give Davis a call, 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Podcast also brought to you by Sola on South Lamar place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails chef erica and her team are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week whether it's happy hour through six fresh squeezed margaritas ramen two-for-one moscow meals all that and more is at sola on south lamar in-house or via curbside pickup check them out solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today Last but certainly not least, the show is brought to you by LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast. Greg and the good folks at LB's are doing a podcast perk right now, $20, 16-ounce prime strip, and a pack of sausage for $20. All you got to do, go to LB's on 2008 University Avenue across from Kroger. Tell them you listen to the show. Tell them you read the website. Tell them you like Red Cup. I don't know. Tell them you like... Drinking out of red solo cups. It doesn't matter. Greg will hook it up. $20, 16-ounce prime strip, and a pack of sausage for $20. Whew, guys, I deep breath there for week five. Um, I know this is, uh, I guess, technically can be a family show at times. Um, but, man, we fucking sucked last week. <laughs> <laughs> Back Austin, a sore from carrying the team. Yeah. Austin, the lone soldier that made it across the line. Well, everyone, well, else, everyone else is dead in, a, in the foxhole. I mean, he's read, the only one over 500. Nick got a win. Read me my two losses if you've got them pulled up. Uh, Wake, Louisville, over 62 and yeah, a half. Let me stop you right there. Do you know anyone know are what you, the final score was? Are you claiming moral victories? No, I'm no, I'm saying I was on this is the right. So the score is 37-34. I mean, okay. 61. I mean, that's, that's brutal. That's Might as well have been a tie. Might as well have been a push. Almost as brutal as the Michigan State minus four and a half overtime loss that I took in week four, where yeah, they had uh, almost a pick six in overtime, and then the guy was half a yard short. Um, you know, Ben, Nick, myself. As uh, as one Meek Mill would say, we peeked through the fences and all we saw were choppers and red dots. Wait, um, hold on, though. hold on, hold on. We hold were on. murdered. What was that total? Sixty-two and a half. Nick, you won that one. Oh no! It was, yeah, I did win that one. No, Thirty-seven, thirty-one. So, so that's seventy-one. That's seventy-one. We can't math. Good math. Good math. Boom. I man, I thought that was a lot of points. I, went I was like three. I was like, 61, I'm, that sucks. <laughs> I'm two and seven in the last three weeks after starting seven eight and nine or whatever yeah. it was. So we didn't oh, go three and nine. We went four and eight. Take that. Oh, look. me and God, me and Austin, y'all were terrible. All right, this is okay. Uh, look, ben this is what Zach? happens when you have a journalism guy and three guys that went to law school. No one knows how to do math. Exactly. Were y'all um, and six? I, I missed my game so bad that I not only did I lay points, I picked the wrong winner in all three of them. Yeah, don't, don't look at my other, my last bet, I picked UCF to cover. Texas A&M minus seven, up. they lost. LSU minus two and a half, they lost. 
Ole Miss money line, just to be funny, obviously, that was a blowout. <laughs> yeah, uh, Texas A&M so, minus seven. That was a sucker bet. It was. So they, the, they couldn't beat Oxford High by seven points. <laughs> so with the correction, we finished four and eight last week. Yeah, we are. Um, yeah, I got swamped. Uh, Notre Dame got killed. Western Kentucky tried, failed miserably, and then UAB just forgot how to play defense in the second half. Um, so it was a rough one. Austin flirted with three and zero, but um, Steve Sarkeesian uh, put Jeez. it in cruise control early. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, you were—I thought you were destined for for three and zero, but I nevertheless, think Texas kicked five field goals or six oof. goals. Yeah, I would leave the stadium if my if we did that. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, in today's football, that's terrible. Exactly. I, mean, I know they won, but still, I mean, you got lucky. All right, so looking at it here, um, it's NFL crowd. So Austin's obviously still leading the way, um, ten and six on the year. Man, just tail everything Austin does at this point. Ben is eight seven and one. Nick is eight and eight, and then I am seven and nine. So, uh, yeah, pretty bad. But the good news is we're back here for week six. We're going to rebound. It's going to be all right. Um, slate's not great. But you know what they say. When the slate is not great, you can always make some money. No one ever, no one's ever said that, but I just said it. So now yeah, they will now, though. From now on, they, they're going to say exactly. that. Exactly. So, Nick. <laughs> that was Socratic. It was, it was. I was trying to think of a word, a word to rhyme. Maybe maybe so if the slate's known. not great. You create. Don't hate. Yeah, <laughs> you create. I don't, um, I feel like everyone says like when the slate's not not all that great. It's kind of when we get our craziest weeks. I feel like we had that in week two. I think was like not the best slate, but actually ended up being a pretty. good – I don't see it this weekend. I mean, no, like we, look at week two, who the we top teams play. Yeah, I, I just I'm mean, like Alabama plays Texas A and M. I mean, there's Georgia no way Auburn. Yeah, well, the no reality that... of this is I think nationally, not to interrupt you, Nick, but nationally yeah. people thought that Ole Miss had the best chance to beat Alabama. And then Alabama wallops Ole Miss, and now it's like, okay, well, now we just wait till the SEC championship game because yeah. oh, nobody absolutely. else is going to – so I think it's, it's – I think it's, yes, the slate is weak, but we also – because there's no traditional rival games, rivalry games. I guess maybe Ole Miss and Arkansas is becoming one, but – but last week, the whole country was built up for this showdown right. in Tuscaloosa, and come to find out, the odd makers were right. I mean, fourteen yeah. and a half. If if Ole Miss kicks two field goals, you know, Bama covers by half a point rather than going for it on fourth down. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, but if if Bama also cares in the second half, they went by. Oh, point. sure, thirty-five. Sure. But, I get what you're you saying. Know. Yeah. When but, the slate when the slate is weak, <laughs> it is when we peak. Don't hurt yourself over there, Zach. <laughs> Give him some aneurysm. I'm going to just log off. I'm logging off. I'm going to text you on my This is now a spoken word podcast. Let's let's get um. This is Slam Poetry Legal Gambling Council. <laughs> All right, um, let's get started. South Carolina, Tennessee. Zach, you got thoughts on this one? This one's uh, Tennessee minus 10 and a half. Uh, I think I'm going oh, back over, and forth in Knoxville over under 56 in Knoxville, Tennessee's breaking out the blacks, black uniforms. Yeah. 
Yeah, they gotta they gotta go dark mode to get a win because they wouldn't dare do it next week. Who, um, who doesn't go dark mode at eleven a.m.? <laughs> I'm in dark mode all the fucking time. Uh, I just burped in the middle of that. I'm gonna take what? South Carolina to cover. Um, I love the under here. I think um, this is when we kind of find out how good Tennessee is offensively. Because look, South Carolina is not very good, but the defense is solid. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name correctly. I think it's Enig Barre, the defensive end for South Carolina is a monster. Um, I don't even know. I didn't even check the box score. I didn't see any highlights. I, has Tennessee settled on a quarterback yet? Is it Hooker? It, I don't know what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, it's Hooker. Okay. Yeah. Poor Luke Doty is out there. He has no one to help him out on offense, but I think South Carolina's defense keeps it close enough to cover. And if you I, I might circle back here, I like the under. I don't Tennessee plays so fast that under worries me. I, I, I see where you're going. It's a big game for Tennessee. Uh, they're kind of starting to get a little bit more buzz after the way they played the last couple of weeks. So it is, it's a bigger game for them. I, I could see them tensing up a little bit and playing a tighter game, but there's so many possessions in the, in, in Tennessee games. I think last week they had 15 possessions um, and they, they gained all, but like 17 yards in the first half. I mean, they just destroyed Missouri. And I get it. That Missouri defense is, I mean, Ole Miss has seen bad defenses, so we know what it looks like and that's what it looks like. So there's, there's no doubt about that, but Tennessee just, I mean, there's just so many possessions. I could see, you know, you know, them really not being great offensively. This one being, you know, in the forties and the thirties. So it's not a game I would uh, touch on the over under, but I kind of lean, I don't know. 10 and a half seems like a sharp number. I really don't have a pick on that one. Go ahead, Austin. Yeah, I agree that the number is sharp. I was a little surprised to see that it came out at 10 and a half. I was actually expecting a little higher in favor of Tennessee, given what they did last week. As Nick said, they put up all but 19 of the total possible yards they could have gained against Mizzou. They rushed for 458 (laughs) yards. 683 total yards against Mizzou last week. I thought coming off of that performance that Vegas would open this at like 13 and a half or 14 for Tennessee, given that South Carolina hasn't showed much on offense this year. Now, South Carolina has played a pretty brutal schedule in terms of um, defense's face. So, look, I don't think South Carolina is particularly good on offense at all. But they've also already faced Georgia, a pretty salty Kentucky team. Troy's not bad for a G5 team on defense. Same for ECU. So, um, I don't know. The number tells me that South Carolina can hang here. I would not have expected that going into the game. I do tend to lean under. I have the same concerns about it that Nick does, though. Tennessee is going to have a ton of possessions. I think South Carolina's only chance is to just pound the rock all game and see if they can stay within striking distance. Um, who knows? It, it's a complete no bet for me. Stay away. I think Tennessee finds a way, but that number at 10 and a half tells me South Carolina may keep it a little closer than we're all expecting. So let's say like 33, 24 Tennessee. Yeah, I agree. I, I would take the points with South Carolina here. I think this is a look ahead game for Tennessee as well as they're coming off a blowout mm-hmm. of Mizzou who really, point. you know, you, the, in an 11 a.m. kick, I just, I think they sleepwalk through this. I think Tennessee wins, South Carolina covers. I actually lean a little bit more towards the over here mm-hmm. um, simply because of the pace of play that Tennessee will play. Um, you know, I ultimately, though, I think this is a uh, – uh, I, I would give me the points with South Carolina. Stay away, though. I mean, I, I'm with you all. This is – 
I mean, if you're betting Tennessee, South Carolina, you got problems. You need to call one hundred gambling, you know, issues dot com or whatever. Man, Michael Jordan, stop gif. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Speaking of a game, you you really, really, really shouldn't gamble on unless it's live because I feel like you can make some money. Uh, Florida is minus thirty eight and a half against Vanderbilt. Uh, mind uh, you, in in staying record, these teams are only one game apart. Vanderbilt's two and three. Florida's three and two. <laughs> Jesus, I, I typically I like to lean not laying more than thirty to thirty-five. I don't really care who it is. It's just I feel like that's always just some kind of sucker bet. It's just a lot um, of points. Yeah, it's a lot of points. Like, how many points you know, do y'all see Vandy scoring? Could they score ten? Well, well, see, here's the thing is that you you know good and damn well that Dan Mullen is going to do some stupid shit late in the game and just put it on like 12 miles an hour cruise control and just chill, and they could win 31 nothing or, you know, I don't even know. They, they, they could win 40 to, you know, seven or something. I, I don't know. I just – it's a lot of points. I just – who does Florida have next week? That's a that's an important question. Isn't it Georgia? No, that's two weeks. Oh, <sighs> it's uh, a lot of points. I they got Vandy, LSU next week. Ooh, oh, okay. Vandy scored a bunch, but it was UConn. They've shown some kind of life offensively with Ken Seals. I, I still, I would never gamble on this game. Please don't. If you're listening to the show, do not. Um, but I would take Vandy to cover just because, I mean, what is it at right now? 39? Yeah, I see anywhere from – That's just so many points. 38 and 39, both. But I've um, been terrible this year, so just fade me if you bad. I just – I saw well, what you Georgia – you didn't lock it in, right? Well, so, yeah, well, that's, that's true. That's true. I saw I, what – Just give me the points. That's That's a lot. I just I saw what Georgia did to them, and I and Georgia's a better team than Florida, but Georgia also could have scored a hundred and ten. I mean, it's not like yeah. sixty-two or whatever they they ended up scoring was like their max. I think it was was it forty-one to nothing at halftime. Um, I don't know if Florida can make this as bad as they want. The only way I think that it stays within that number is if Florida caps at 45 because I don't think Vanderbilt scoring 10. So I would probably lay the points here, but man, you'd be sweat. I mean, you you'd be betting on a team just getting blown out and that, that never really mm-hmm. feels great. Yeah, so I think we all agree that this is really just a matter of whether <clears throat> Florida wants to lay it on Vandy uh-huh. and wants to cover the number. I, I, I'm inclined to think that Mullen is going to want to cover this week because of the performance last week against Kentucky. They looked bad. They had false starts and turnovers. They just looked really sloppy. I think Mullen is going to want to send a message to his fan base, to his athletics director, to his team that they are still, you know, deserving of some respect and not as bad as they looked last week against Kentucky. And the other thing for me here, when Florida goes to the back, we say this really against every team that Vandy faces, but when Florida goes to the backups, their backups are far superior to Vandy's starters, and Florida's backup quarterback may actually be better than their starting quarterback. So yeah. if Mullen continues to run his offense late in the game, I mean, this could get really ugly. I, I, Florida could 
easily get into the 50s here. Do we trust Vandy to get into the 20s? I don't think so. Uh, there's no way I'd bet this with real dollars, but I, I'm laying the number. I don't like uh-huh. it, but I, I don't. there's no way I could take Vandy at this point. I mean, UConn should have beaten Vandy last week. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I um, I'm almost inclined to lock in the under in this game under 60 or 60 and a half simply because I don't think Vandy's going to score. Um, and I think that, you know, short of Florida scoring, I guess, 55 and giving up a touchdown, winning 55 to seven. Um, I don't know that, I don't know that Florida gets to 55. I mean, maybe they do it. It's a, it's a sharper no- number. I would, I would definitely, uh, lay the uh, opener 63 and a, or I'm sorry, take the under from the opening uh, number of 63 and a half. But it, at 60 and a half, I'm going to table it. I it, simply because it's just I, I, I believe in these big line games, these 38 and a half point line, 39 point line spreads. You know, you got to have some help from the losing team, and and there's mm-hmm. I, I just I I don't see Vanderbilt scoring. Uh, I mean, maybe once. Uh, they get to seven, so then you're just praying that Florida doesn't score uh, more than 52, 53. So um, I'm going to table that for now. As for the line, that really matters. It's 38 and a half, and, and we shouldn't be better. So I, I really don't know. I mean, truly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agreed on, on all parts. All right. This has got to be one of the bigger underdog lines Auburn's had when not facing Alabama, I feel like. They're 15 and a half point underdogs. At home to UGA, two thirty CBS game. Um, Over under forty seven. By the way, uh, I'm actually going to. Uh, I can. You can get the over under at forty six and a half if you're Oof. so inclined, or forty seven and a half. I'm actually going to lock in the over in this game. Over mm-hmm. forty six and a half. Uh, before y'all lock it over. I feel like Are you saying number. that correctly? I am. I am. Here's why. Because I think Georgia is going. I think Georgia is going to score at least, you know, thirty five. I, I think this is thirty eight ten Georgia. I do. Um, give Give me the uh, the over. Lock it in. If somebody wants to lock in the under against me, that's fine. Did you say? But, uh, I've got. Was it sixty and a half? Oh, forty. No, yeah. If it's sixty and a half. Let me go I will bet one million dollar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So 40, what is forty-six and a half? Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I think I was still thinking of uh the Vandy game. Sorry. I'm I'm considering Florida. go ahead. No. I'm considering uh, I'll, I'll locking in I'll, I'll circle back. Georgia, honestly. I just I don't betting against Auburn at home like that, it's a little fluky, so I'm probably not going to. But they're from, begging you to take Auburn is my issue. Yeah, but from Beg, what I've at 15 seen, and a half. From what I've seen, Auburn cannot stay within two and a half scores of, of Georgia. They can't do it. I, I mean Georgia's defense is too good. I did not think a defense was good enough to shut out teams in or in the modern era to like hold them below 10 points. Regularly in in this type of era where the you know the wide receivers have such an advantage over the defensive backs and you can't hit the quarterback and you know the the spread is just so good the Georgia defense is that good 
they are, I think, the best defense probably of the last 10 or 15 years. I think they're better than those LSU defenses back in the early 2000s. I think there's better than some of those Alabama defenses in the mid, you know, 10s. I, I they are so so good, and I don't think George, I don't think Auburn could get 10 points on them, and and, the, and that means that Georgia would have to be you know 21 or less. So I just don't see it. Man, it was ugh. last week was just stupid. I stayed up and watched that game. Bo Nix like sold his soul to the devil to be Johnny Manziel reincarnate and just did some ridiculous things outside of the pocket. And LSU was just, I mean, whatever the scramble drill is for defenses, they were doing the opposite. I mean, they were leaving guys wide open. They were chasing Bo Nix instead of staying in coverage. They made Bo Nix look really good. I mean, does anybody really believe that Bo Nix is just, man, the light bulb's on now. He's figured it out. Um, and even if he has, like Nick said, I don't have zero confidence in him doing what he did against LSU against this Georgia defense. I'm laying the points. I think Georgia right now is just on a mission. And, I mean, echoing what Nick said, I, no one's going to score on them. I, I it, Look, it's everybody has Alabama fatigue and people are starting to have Georgia fatigue. But that is going to be a really fun matchup to see those two go at it because Georgia's defense is so good. Um, even if, even though it's on the planes, I'm still laying them. I just think that Georgia's just that much better. I mean, I, I don't know if Auburn's good at all. Um, I think last week showed just how bad LSU was. All right. I, I think Georgia's defense is really good. I think, as Nick said, they're the best in the country. They may be the best defense we've seen in quite a while in college football, but let me play devil's advocate for just a second here. Is Auburn the best offense that Georgia will have seen this year? Yes. I mean, like, by, mm, yeah. by default. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I they mean, opened up with Clemson. I mean, Auburn's got a better offense than Clemson. Yeah. Yes. I'd say Clemson, by default over Arkansas. because Clemson, UAB, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. That's who Georgia's defense has suffocated this year. This is fair. So – I think my eyes tell me they're really good, but the teams they're playing are not very good at all offensively. So Mm -hmm. we're not asking Auburn here to put up a huge number because Auburn's run defense is pretty, pretty good in and of themselves. They're not going to shut Georgia down offensively. And I think it's important to note, by the way, we don't know who Georgia's trotting out at quarterback either. I assume it's going to be JT Daniels, but last week he didn't play. Who knows if there's some lingering issues there. Um, I could never back Auburn under two touchdowns, like never touch them, but over two touchdowns. If this game is the rock fight, we think it's going to be with a total down around. Where are we now? 46. Is that right? 46 and a half. Uh-huh. That's a really low number to be laying 15 plus in a huge rivalry. These teams have seen each other now, what, 125 times over the years. I mean, it's hard to find two teams who have this much familiarity with each other. They recruit against each other. They're in each other's backyards. I'm not I'm not going to touch Georgia or, or Auburn in real life here. I'm staying away from this game. But I just think everybody's lining up to bet Georgia because of what they just did to Arkansas. I think there's a chance that Auburn – sneaky in this game late in the third early fourth um it wouldn't surprise me if 
Georgia manages to cover with like a field goal late for some insurance. But I could easily see something like 27-17 Georgia. What is the uh, what is the team total expected uh, for Auburn? The expected team total. The, has Vegas released that yet? I haven't seen one, but it's got to be like 14 and a half, right? Something like that. Oh, I think that may be high if it's 46. The implied score is what? 31 to 15. Yeah, so you're about right. Probably maybe 14 and a half. A little juice towards the under. And again, it'd be it'd be so hard to bag Auburn and Bonex because it, there's he's the, the potential for variance in a Bonex performance is just the range is so high. He I just, could throw four picks or he could do what he did against LSU last week and look like a Heisman candidate. It's 15 and a half. It's 15 and a half on points bet and 14 and a half on bet MGM, by the way. It's, uh, it's, uh, go ahead, Zach. I was going to say, it, this has got to be just let down city, right? They just beat LSU for the first time since 1999 in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, uh, not for Georgia. I don't know. I feel like this I mean, is a more hated rivalry than the Iron Bowl, truly. Maybe not let down, but I mean, just coming off the emotional high of last week. I mean, I, the, I think the celebration after the game was. What? I just got oh, that. I've got whoa. that. I'm telling you, I'm t- just, just watch. Sorry. It's just, it's just hard for me to trust a, a QB who sort of kind of got benched like three weeks ago against Georgia State. Two weeks ago against Georgia State. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I, and he was better up in Penn State. These are college was, football players. I, like they're 19, 20, 21 years old. Yeah, but but I mean, sometimes teams like Georgia and Alabama don't necessarily operate like that. I mean, Bama doesn't. I, I get what you're saying, but Bama. Does, I'm not they talking about from a Georgia perspective. I'm saying I think that Auburn, whether that be adrenaline or the rivalry or a combination of both, is going to outscore what they would normally do. Now, I'm saying all this, and look, I'm the one who's took two for my last nine in bets. So take this with a grain of salt. I'm going a little bit against my grain, the grain here for me and just saying, like, there's – at 46 and a half, it seems like uh, the under should be the pick there. Mm-hmm. Like, it, let's just take the over and see what happens. I mean, I mean maybe I'm outsmart myself. Maybe it's a 7-3 to three final, like the Clemson game. Well, the other thing is here, like I said, if they trot out Stetson Bennett and he throws, like, two picks, it's – you know, things are going to get dicey quick for an under bet. Yeah. Do y'all fair. know where Do y'all know where JT Daniels is in the Heisman odds right now? Like seventh. He's fit. Be that? Wow. Yeah. Seventh playing. Um, uh, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, maybe that's it's Nevada a, telling us he is playing this week. I don't know. That's just bizarre that he's top five. I mean, I think he's plus two thousand right now. I'm sure we're going to hear this. Like, if Corral makes New York, which I expect that he will, but. From like your you know local Mississippi State Sunday School uh, uh, fellow Sunday School attendee, they uh, that it's a weak Heisman year. Oh yeah, sure, sure. I mean, it it, it kind of, it is though. I mean, there's you know outside that, of Corral. Yeah, I mean, I hate when people do that though because yeah, there there are some quote unquote weak Heisman years, but that, I mean, I think it's more so. There's just like one or two, like far and above better players than everyone else. So it doesn't diminish what those players did or how good those players are. It's just 
the, I mean, because there's been Heisman years where it was like five dudes there and anybody could have won it. It's just this year, it's it's a quarterback award at this point anyway. You know, I know Devontae Smith won it last year because he just had a crazy year. But, I mean, Mac Jones could have won it last year. Yeah, that's right. So, all right. We, next. we stayed on this a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, fortunately, there's no other good games. I mean, I guess the the one coming up in two games is, is okay. But, I mean, we don't have to go much on this one. There's 3 o'clock, SEC Network, Missouri's minus 18 and a half. I, I just want to say that Missouri can't be as bad as they've shown the last couple of weeks. At some point, I feel like they mm. – I, I feel like they can't be that bad, which is why I feel like they might cover the spread. I mean, 18 and a half. I mean, the, the talent discrepancy between even a bad Missouri team – and a one in three North Texas team is going to be crazy. I mean, they they just have so much more talent. They're so much deeper. I feel like this might be a game they finally cover. Opened at twenty, it's down to eighteen and a half. Then I'm just if I take a loss, I don't care. I I'm give me the points because Missouri's burned me like four times already, and I fucking hate them. <laughs> hey, really? in, North, in, in, North, in North Texas, ain't bad. You can get it everybody and a half. Go ahead, Ben. No, no, no. Go ahead, Austin. I was going to say, remember when everybody thought Seth Luttrell was like the next big thing in coaching at North Texas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about missing the, missing the boat, man. Yeah. He's totally done. Remember remember when I said in the preseason that Missouri had a chance to start like 8-0? That was, that was <laughs> I mean, we, I thought they did. I, I didn't realize any defense could could outshine Ole Miss's, <laughs> you know, two out of the last three defenses hey. we've had. But someone found a way. Billy Napier, similar concept. Yeah. yeah. He's going to find himself in Lafayette, Louisiana for the rest of his career. Yeah. He's not careful. Um, I, I don't know here, man. Like, you can lay seven, you can get 17 and a half and lay on with Missouri. Look, oh, this is one thing I do know is when you've got uh, having watched, I mean, go back and look at Ole, the last 10 years of Ole Miss's season win totals. It's very sobering. I mean, since 2011, we've had a bunch of bad football years, 2010, whatever you want to call it. And one thing I know is when you're having a tough year, but you can score a bunch of points, Mm -hmm. is that you try to blow out the teams that you can blow out. And so for that reason and that reason alone, I'm going to lay them. I, I have nothing more to add. I don't really know anything about North Texas. I didn't read a a word about this game, not a, the first letter, but I, what I, what I would expect is that coming off that embarrassment of last week, Missouri is going to try and have a, what Cutcliffe would call a get right week or whatever, get better Monday or whatever that, you know, and, uh, and, and cover the spread this week. I'm, I'm kind of with Ben here. I don't know anything about North Texas, except that they suck and that Mizzou is not, really far behind them. Um, Mizzou fired their defensive line coach, I guess, uh, last week or the week before. That'll fix it. Classic fall guy. Mid-season, I mean, more. Yeah, he had a great name, too. I can't remember what it was, but it's like Jethro or something. It's awesome. Um, Anyway, who knows, man? I don't know. Uh, Like, does Mizzou get into the 40s? Yeah, probably, but I don't have much confidence that their defense can keep anybody out of the 20s. So, it's really a coin flip on that back door at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. If you're laying them, good luck, I guess. Just complete stay away. Yeah, and just a heads up, I said North Texas isn't bad. I, I say that only because they've won one game. Yeah. 
So yeah, just don't bet this game. <laughs> All right, now now on to an actual decent game, which I actually think is without a doubt the most intriguing game outside of Ole Miss in in the conference. Uh, LSU goes to Kentucky. They've had some uh, kind of some big games up there in, at UK between these two. LSU, oh, excuse me, Kentucky minus three over under fifty one games at six thirty on SEC Net. Uh, yeah, I'm laying the points. Um, I I think Kentucky's actually good. Um, I think uh, I think Levis is a good quarterback. I think Liam Cohen's got their offense doing some things that they haven't done. <sighs> Whew, probably since I don't know. Jared Lorenzen was there. Um, they actually throw the football downfield and do some nice things. Their defense is solid. It's at Kroger Field. Are they going to be able to get back up for this one a week after the huge upset over Florida? They rush the field, all of that. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in LSU really doing anything. I think Ed Orgeron is very clearly a dead man walking right now. Um, we saw this week he, like, threatened somebody on a call-in show. Um, mm. So things are going really well in Baton Rouge. Um, I – they just they they're just all out of sorts, really. I mean, outside of Keishon Boutte, I don't really know anybody that's having a good year for them. Um, yeah, I. What's the is is this is it still is the number still three? Uh, yeah. Let me see if I can get you a different number. Kentucky, no, it's um, it's three across the board. Okay, I'll lock it in. UK minus three. Ooh. Yeah, I love it. Call it emotional. Call it what you want. I, I truly think that LSU is is danger zone. I mean, Kenny Loggins all over the fucking place. Yeah, I love it. I think uh, Kentucky. I mean, we talk about a, a, a brutal stretch. They get Florida at home, LSU at home, and then they, they go to Georgia next week. I mean, it's pretty, you know, pretty tough. I guess uh, stretch at least from an SEC East perspective. Hey, to play, you know, those three games in a row. Win, win this week, and you you get all you can handle. You get the full Monty. You get the national stage. Probably going to get game day. Yeah, You're I mean, going to get a free shot. So there you go. Close to close to a top ten matchup. I mean, they're going to be like seventeen point underdogs, like Arkansas was. But still, I mean, hey, it looks good. You know, if you've got a ten or eleven beside your name, it's still it's still cool, even for that one week. I I think Kentucky wins. I don't think LSU has the line play good enough to win in this league. Um, very often. I think we saw it last week in the second half against Auburn. Um, they looked a little bit better um, in that game, honestly, than I, than I expected LSU did, even though they lost, because uh, Auburn had to play pretty well to beat them there in the end. But I don't know. I just think I just think Kentucky, like you said, they can pass the ball downfield a little bit more. They've got that very good offensive line, and I, I kind of feel like they're just going to bulldoze LSU's defensive line, which is bad, and then their, their offensive line's worse. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd take these – I mean, I'd lay these points as well. I mean, I don't mean to jump in again, but without Derek Stingley, I mean, who for LSU is covering Wando Robinson? I mean, that yeah. guy's probably the transfer portal pickup of the year right now. He's been great for them. I, they don't have anybody to cover him. No, and I just wonder where their heads are at to LSU. I mean, 
their season is basically over at this point, right? I mean, they don't really have anything in front of them to play for. Um, not mm-hmm. when you have a roster like that and a program like theirs with expectations every year, whether again, whether you think that's reasonable or not is a different discussion. I mean, now they believe that their program has ascended to a point where they should contend and they're not contending. Their locker room knows they're not contending. Their best player is not going to play. Um, after you lose like you lost last week, I just have to question the buy-in, and we've mentioned it before on the show, of all the dudes to motivate a team, of all the guys to get the, to rally the troops and put the train back on the tracks. Do you trust Ed Orgeron to be that guy? Um, no. I think the answer is obviously no, I, I don't. The only way to bet it here is to lay the three with Kentucky uh, for my money. Um, although, look, I, the, the, the total is intriguing. It, it's Maybe a touch low for a college football game. Again, we those numbers usually average 56, so we're at a below average clip here. Um, I did think these numbers were interesting from last week, though, in the Florida-Kentucky game. So Kentucky threw for 87 yards last week against Florida, and Florida had 115 yards in penalties. So Florida had more penalty yards than Kentucky had passing yards. So (laughs) Kentucky's win was a little misleading maybe last week against Florida. They didn't, it wasn't the best performance I've seen out of Kentucky or even the best performance I've seen out of Kentucky in a game against Florida. That was really Florida's game to lose and they lost it. But I still think in this spot, you can't back LSU going on the road after a gut-wrenching loss against Auburn with nothing to play for at this point. Um, it's Kentucky or nothing. Did y'all see the crowd at Tiger Stadium last week? Ooh, yeah, boy. A little sparse, mm. yeah. And I think just the Is opposite this week, by the way, I think folks will show up for uh, for this Kentucky game. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. They, they haven't turned the page to basketball yet at all. No, not yet. Yeah, I don't – I was. I heard you earlier, Zach, say, you know, threat, you know, there's a risk for a letdown, I think, somewhat. But when you're Kentucky – and you don't find yourself, I guess, beating teams like Florida or LSU that – I mean, I hate to say it. It's kind of like when Ole Miss is good, you know, the fans are not going to not show up. They will be there. Uh, I mean, if Ole Miss is going to win, when you sense nine or ten wins on the, in the season, Vaughn Hemingway's, for better or worse, pretty much sold out every week um, – in Kentucky similar. I'll lay the points too. I don't really like this though, because the line opened at one Vegas knows a lot more than we do and it's gone to three. And so you're kind of getting two free points given to LSU. Um, I, I don't like that. Give me, I'll take it. I'll, I'll be, you know, go with y'all just, but I'm not betting it. I think this is very, very, very sharp. And you run the risk. The, the problem with this game is even though, you know, Kentucky's playing better and LSU's laid down and Orgeron can't rally the troops. They're still better at every position than Kentucky is, every one of them. And so you're really taking the lesser talented team. I know I, the same can be said for Florida. I get that. But you're taking the lesser talented team two weeks in a row. And it's a, that's a tough calling even at home. So I'll take Kentucky with you all, but I don't like it. All right. Before all right. we turn the page. Oh, yeah, wait. go ahead. Are we done with SEC outside yeah, of the one, one more SEC game? I was, I was going to do that real quick. So that's all right. Oh, <laughs> how could I forget? Yeah, this one is, and is, there's a lock in here for me. So I want to go ahead and get this in for a break. <laughs> uh, Alabama goes on the road 
I, I just feel like SC, CBS has got to be annoyed at, at always picking the night game for Bama featuring somebody, and then they just crush them. Uh, you know, it used to be LSU, and now it's Texas A&M. They're going on the road. Alabama minus 18. I, call me a square or I don't I – don't, whatever. Texas A&M's not scoring 17 points in this game. Even on their back – I mean, who if Calzada was the backup quarterback, that presumes there is a, another – further worse backup quarterback for Texas A&M, <laughs> which is like the seventh layer of, of Dante's Inferno. I don't, I mean, I don't understand. This is an awful Texas A&M offense. They can't score 17 on like anybody really. I, I just, I mean, they were, we, we saw what they did against last week against uh, Texas, uh, excuse me, against MSU. And I don't know if y'all saw what Will Rogers said after the game. He said, you know, how did you play so much differently against Texas A&M this year after what they did to you last year. And he said, honestly, we, we didn't watch any other Texas A&M film at all except for what they did against us last year. We just watched that all week, and that's all we prepared for, and they didn't change anything up at all. Mm-hmm. And they're paying $98 million for that level of analysis. I just don't understand how, how Texas A&M is so bad. Their offense is pitiful. So I'm locking in Texas A&M team total under 16 and a half. Wow. I like Love it. it. Um, all right. So shout out to our boy, Chris Felica, uh, for this tidbit. So Alabama has won a hundred straight games versus unranked teams. They've won 57 straight against unranked SEC teams. The last loss was 2007 against Mississippi State. Each of Alabama's past 19 games versus unranked SEC teams have been decided by at least 15 points. The mm. last to play the tide to 14 or fewer was Texas A&M in 2017. All of that to say, I could have just not even read the last question, the last part of that, because I don't think A&M remotely comes close to hanging this game. I'm laying the points. I just – this is a – this has just gotten to be automatic right now with this Alabama team. They turned on some kind of extra juice and hit another gear defensively last week against Ole Miss. Um, they made Ole Miss's offensive line, which wasn't great coming into the game, but they were a decent offensive line. They made them look terrible. Um, they couldn't run the football. They honestly just did a lot of really unique things that I don't think – They've shown so far on film, they were rolling guys down in the box late. They were dropping when they were showing blitz. If they're going to be able to stifle and keep Matt Corral at bay, and by keeping him at bay, you know, he still had a good game and threw for 200-plus yards and a touchdown. But what do you think they're going to do to Zach Calzada? So this is easy. I mean, I'm – I just – I don't know. 52 to freaking 12, I don't know. Jimbo Fisher is a fraud, and he could be dead in the water with Ed Orgeron pretty soon. Go ahead, Austin. All right, so at the Houston TD Club on May 5th of this year, a fan asked Jimbo, what's the key other than Saban retiring to finally beating Alabama? And Jimbo said, we're going to beat his ass even when he's there. Um <laughs> So, look, <laughs> this team scored 10 points against Arkansas. Yeah. So, 
Saban always looks for motivational material. You know, he always has bulletin board shit, even if he has to make it up. In this case, I don't think he has to look very far. I'm sure that Saban was aware of that comment. It was widely reported. That's probably been in the locker room all week. And um, last week against State, I said that A&M was in danger of quitting because you know, their, their goals were for the season were basically already over. They already could not be accomplished. Well, if you doubted that before state that you certainly have to believe it after they lost to state. So I'm beginning to wonder whether at this point, their defense continues to hold the rope for an offense that can't compete, that, that doesn't hold up to its, its uh, end of the deal. I wonder if this week is the first week that their defense finally cracks and Bama puts up, as Zach said, like 42, 45, or even gets into the 50s. Um, because I, I just AM's office is not going to move the ball. Now, Jimbo may try to play keep away. He may try to, to, to lengthen his possessions and just run three times and punt. But with Bama, I don't know. I, I, I'm with Zach here. I think their defense, it looked like last week, a light bulb had come on for them. Not that Bama's defense has been bad at all yet this year, but they looked different last week. Now, that could have been because they were highly motivated to prove a point against an Ole Miss offense that sort of embarrassed them last year. But um, even if they're only slightly interested uh, against AM, AM's offense is so bad. I don't know how they get above that number of 16 and a half, Nick. Uh-huh. And by the way, AM, I think, is down three starters this week, three starters that played against State are out this week. So they already had injuries. I think they're even more injured. I have other than like just getting a weird feeling about such a low number. I have no reason to think A&M can hang here at all. Um, The 17 and a half number feels a little funky because that's basically the Ole Miss line. That's basically the Florida line. I I don't think Ole Miss, Florida and A&M are equal. So that's the one thing that kind of would worry me if I'm back in Bama. The number smells a little bit, but I I don't think it matters. I I think it's like 45 to 13. Yeah, I I don't disagree with y'all except for the fact that – or let's say we agree on what's going to happen with A&M's offense. I think that is an an easy lock at under 16.5. I don't know that A&M scores, period. The A&M is significantly, significantly better on defense than Ole Miss, though, especially up front. And, and you know, I just think it's a little bit of a worse matchup for Alabama um, from a from an offensive standpoint uh, with A&M's front seven. So, you know, I think that I, I definitely would lay the points. I think it's a little stinky. Um, I think under 51 is a good play in this game um, simply because I just don't think a is going to score. Uh, I think that, you know, like, but like I think Alabama winning in like 38 to three or something. Yeah. Kind of like what Georgia did to Arkansas. I mean, mm-hmm. it might be 28 or 35 to nothing at halftime and then 35 to nothing at the end of the game. I mean, a yeah, not the... bad up front on defense. So I, I just, it's not going to be close, but I, you know, I think 51. <laughs> Alabama can win forty nine nothing in that under hit. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean this is just like Georgia Arkansas. I mean this is literally like the the Paul Cerrone game. I mean, and and is, the thing yeah. is, this game, this line opened at fourteen and a half. That's weird to me. Yeah, I mean that's that is weird. I, Zach Calzada is too prone to turn the ball over. 
if I were Isaiah Spiller, man, I'd take this week off. I'd tweak my hamstring in practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm wondering if their defense is not going to start to have similar thoughts. I mean, I'm out there busting my ass, and the offense can't put up two touchdowns, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah this is Because yeah, at least is... when your defense sucks, or when you're on offense, you still get to score points. Exactly. On defense, <laughs> man, that's just a bit pain. Yeah, I – yeah, this is this is one thousand percent an anaconda game. Like this is like yep. J Lo and Ice Cube are out there. Also, like, for people forget <laughs> what Alabama did to A and M last year. When it oh. like something like A I mean, and M went lost one game, and but they lost to Alabama by like forty. Yeah, yeah. yeah what what was that? That was, was uh, fifty six to nothing. 50, yeah, 50, and A and M went like nine and one. Oh, 52-24. So okay. it could be similar to Ole Miss this year. Who knows? Or don't 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 forget, Ben. AM went eight and one because they were too scared to play Ole Miss. <clears throat> That's true. I do forget that. So yeah. Um all right, any final thoughts on on that one? Any more Anaconda references we need to throw out? Thought you were going with this sir mix a lot, but I think we're good. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to take our break. Uh, extended first segment there as we had to cover a lot of ground in the SEC. Um, even if they aren't great games, um, we still got to talk about them. And it's still college have, football. Yeah, yeah. And I'll have a final thought here. It just seems like there's a lot of games this week where we are really questioning the want to of certain people because mm-hmm. you've got – AM that just lost to Mississippi State. You've got LSU that just lost, Florida that just lost. Um, I mean, it's it's a lot of teams, a lot, it's it's gut check week for a lot of folks. So uh, we're gonna take our break, hang tight. We'll be right back to uh, jump right into Arkansas Ole Miss, and then we'll get the rest of our locks in. So stay right here. We'll be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments Part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. 
It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something the place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, Ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. Here podcast rebellion legal gambling council week six. All right, Nick, it's time. Let's jump right in to the uh, probably game of the day next to a couple jumping right in after game day. Oh yeah, Massachusetts travels to Connecticut. Right? I <laughs> was uh, a lot of folks. A lot of folks wanted game day there. I thought that would have been pretty fun. Um, <laughs> I have to assume you're talking about the uh, what is it Red River rivalry? It's still the shootout to me. Why right? rivalry? Yeah, we're not um, doing that that rivalry stuff. So Red River shootout, Oklahoma minus three and a half, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma's minus three and a half over under sixty three. Uh, I am going. Wait, what did you say the number was? Uh, three, three and a half. Let me see. Three and a half. What were you trying to get aside? Uh, well, I'm going to lay the points Oklahoma's way. 
Yeah, let's see what I can get you here with uh, Oklahoma. Get rid of the I can get a three for you. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I we we said on the show a couple of weeks ago that that Arkansas Texas game would have been fun to redo if Texas was playing Casey Thompson at quarterback because they were certainly playing the wrong guy in that game. Um, I don't really know if it would have mattered because Arkansas just played a near perfect game, bottled up Bijan Robinson. Um, I know he's been playing really well of late, ran for 200 plus against TCU. They look to have the offense kind of back on the tracks, but I don't know. I just feel like this is starting to take shape for Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, that the offense is starting to really hit its stride. And Spencer Rattler is still not putting up Heisman numbers, but he's looked better. Um, kind of a little tidbit here from Felica. It's the 13th straight year Texas is an underdog in this game. Um, the Longhorns are seven and two against the spread with three outright wins in the last nine meetings. Oklahoma last year, um, people forget they weren't ranked and they were one and two, and Rattler got pinched. Can anybody name the guy that came in for Spencer Rattler in that game? Oh, it was uh, Spencer Mordecai. Mordecai, yeah, that- SMU's quarterback. Very close. Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Spencer. Yeah. Tanner, Tanner Mordecai. There we go. Tanner's such a great Texas name. You know, you know, they call him Tan. Um, Tan. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm a little off uh, my hinges here with this. I just feel like. <sighs> hmm. I think the over is certainly in play. I don't think I'm, I might circle back to lock it in. I, I just like Oklahoma here. I just feel like it's just a game uh-huh. that they're going to be better offensively. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Oklahoma's quite as bad on offense, probably as they kind of are getting credit for because of some chants by the home fans a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I just think Oklahoma's better team. I mean, I, Texas is decidedly playing better. They absolutely cannot kick five field goals against Oklahoma this week if they want to stay within the number. I mean, they just can't do it. It's just not going to work. Uh, Texas has made this – I mean, like you said, they've been, you know, underdogs 13 years in a row, but they're not 0-13 in that time. So they've pulled some upsets. This would certainly not be all that surprising given what the number is. But I just feel like it's Oklahoma again. I don't quite think that Texas – and is this what, year, year one for Sarkeesian? Is that right? Mm-hmm. They fired – yeah, they got rid of him last year. So, yeah, year one for Sarkeesian. I don't think they're quite ready to make the jump to, like, 11-1 and one Big 12 team. I don't have much to add. I mean, I I would lay the points so low if I were betting it, but I'm not betting this game. Um, it's a uh, – it feels sharp to me, and, and there's always the wild card that Texas just flat wins, and when they do, it's not like it's that surprising. Mm-hmm. It's just a it, it's a it's a good game um, every year, or it seems like it. So I'll lay the points to Oklahoma, but this is a stay away. Yeah, I'm surprised we're all in agreement here because Texas seems to be a sexy dog pick, you know, nationally this mm-hmm. week. I, I'm with y'all though. I feel like this is a great opportunity to buy low on Oklahoma, yeah. who has not yeah. looked good at all. Don't get me wrong, but there's really no reason why they shouldn't look good. Like the, the pieces are there. The, the, the coach is there, the rosters. They're there. also like they, five and oh, the, the exactly. Full, exactly. Their seasons in front of them. That's exactly <laughs> right. I, I feel like this is more the worst this five is, and O team in the country. 
Yeah, and they may be, but I think this is more a testament to our expectations of Oklahoma um, and, and what we thought Spencer Rattler would look like and what that offense, what we imagined it to be, than what they actually are. Like, they, it turns out they're still a pretty damn good team. It's just maybe they're not one of the top three teams in the country this year or top four teams in the country this year. And, you know, that's a pretty <laughs> – that's not exactly a reasonable barometer, you know, especially in this game where they're laying – under a touchdown against a team that is absolutely still in rebuilding mode. I mean, it wasn't what it was just two weeks ago that Sarkeesian made a change at quarterback. I mean, now look, I've, I've backed Texas and some overs and had some success, but you know, last week against TCU, that was pretty fluky. I mean, Texas benefited from turnovers. They stalled out in the red zone. Um, if TCU's defense had been as salty as they have been in years past, Texas probably has a harder time in that game. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like we're getting the better team with still the better quarterback with probably the better head coach, at least um, similar, you know, head coaches um, at, a, at a really reduced rate here in a game that, you know, historically they're pretty damn good in. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm laying them. Yeah, I'm with you. That's going to be a good one. All right. Next uh, best game of the day. This is where game day is going to be. You mentioned that, Zach. Um and this this also features one of my locks. If you guys have a problem with it, um, and y'all want to you know take over because I am kind of commandeering it, uh, Penn State is let's see minus or excuse me, oh Iowa is minus two hosting Penn State. This is at three o'clock on Fox. I'm hmm. going to go ahead and lock in the under forty one and a half points. I just think that this is going to be a classic Big Ten football game. I think they're expecting. Uh, a little bit of wind up there in Iowa City. Uh, it's just going to be a little a bit of milk served at the game, white bread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little I mean, mayonnaise, a little light mayonnaise. Oh, oh <laughs> a milk mayonnaise sandwich. That, that sounds very much like this game. I mean, this is only only serving ketchup for hot dogs. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> well, what's wrong with that? Um, this is. Oh goodness, I unplugged it. This is going to be kind of a sneaky, a sneaky good game. Uh, I think Penn State is um, on both sides of the ball has been very good this year, and I I just think that their defense will be enough to keep Iowa down. Iowa's not exactly you know lighting the world on fire offensively. I think they struggled earlier in the year with Colorado State. So yeah, give me under forty one and a half. I think that we're looking at like a seventeen thirteen type game, pretty comfortably under. That is such a great pick, but like, can you imagine going to Oxford with the total being forty-one and a half? Golly, be like, man, we're just let's go take a nap. The game, yeah, but we're ranked. Well, you're ranked third in the country. That's, I mean, it's you give and take. Oh no, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, oh, I mean this this game right here is just like this is Phil Parker's fucking Mona Lisa. I love that pick. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lock in Iowa. Whoa. I think I, I think I can get it at minus one and a half. Um, can get you. Yeah. You can get one and a half. Yeah, yeah. minus one and a half okay. points bet. This game just screams like 25-18 or 25-16 win for Iowa. Um I just love this Iowa team and it's kind of one of those things where it's like the complete opposite of what you do love. And so you love it even more. 
because I love offense. I love teams going up and down the field scoring. Um, but man, Iowa is 14 and one in their last 15 games as a favorite or four points or fewer. The lone loss was last year at Purdue when they were a three and a half point favorite. Um, two of Iowa's five wins this year have come in that scenario. Um, here's a here's a really juicy one. James Franklin's teams are 0 and 9 in true road games versus top 10 teams. Um, 0 and 7 when he's been at Penn State. Um, and I just – I love Phil Parker. The defense has just been unreal. I mean, I thought Taula Tagovailoa had been really good for Maryland, and they absolutely put the clamps down on him and the Terps last week. I, I think Penn State's a good team. I just think Iowa's just better and just, man, you want to – it's very different monster, but one of the better defenses next to Georgia in the country up there in, uh, in Iowa yeah. City. So mm-hmm. that's – that's special. So this uh, probably the game of the day, honestly. Yeah. And um, I'll be I'll be locked in for that one. Uh, let me literally let me add on this. Let me add on this. I saw a, a, yeah, that's right. Uh, a stat earlier in the week that said this is the first Big Ten top ten matchup that didn't feature Michigan or Ohio State since 1959. Damn. Jeez. That is. That is insane. We were, I was sitting there thinking we were talking about how weak the slate was earlier, but number three is playing number four. No, it's a good Fox. game. It's a good. The only I mean, problem is, is that Penn State still goes to both Michigan and Ohio State this year. So I'm not really sure how that worked out. So if, if Penn State wins, it's still a long road to hoe to get to a Big Ten title game. Whereas if Iowa wins, I mean they are sitting pretty pretty much to be in that big 10 title game and and they're one win away from the college football playoff. So I think that's kind of clouding, clouding things, at least from a Penn state perspective, they have a long ways to go just in that direction. A lot of big games left. So these these teams are pretty similar. Um, Now Iowa averages 320 total yards per game. That's it. 320. What do they do in the second half? Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, do you know how many points they average a game? Um, it's 33. 320 yeah. yards, but yet they get 33 points. Listen, Short they fields. also they only allow 271 yards per game. However, Iowa has played nobody. Like, they, they, they did blow up on Maryland, but they beat Colorado State, the same team that, what, got beat by, like, 10 to Vanderbilt? Yeah. And then they beat Kent State. Iowa State, who's who's pretty good, and Indiana. Now, now they took care of business against those teams. I guess the you know Iowa's defense is salty. I I don't disagree. What did they do against Iowa State? They won twenty seven seventeen. Okay, so it wasn't it wasn't really a beat down. Right, right. Now they did kind of beat down Indiana thirty four to six. But I mean, so did so did uh, Penn State. They won twenty four nothing. Yeah, Indiana kind of sucks. Yeah, so I was not really played anybody, and and they're not getting any yards on offense at all. I mean, 320 yards of offense a game is, no matter how good your defense is, that's concerning. That's that's 1998 Mississippi State Bulldog offense concerning. Like Wait, back when they, all they did was, yeah, Jolie Dunn type defense. Back, on the field. Back when yeah. Fant was better than Eli back then. Back when Fant from, from Moss Point was better than Eli Manning. Yeah. Look, um, 
Jolie didn't I, uh, have any shoes on, didn't have a headset. <laughs> so on yeah, brand. socks. Yeah. Um, and and Jackie Sherrill was wearing a, a vest and a tie like like Jim Trestle on the sideline. I um look, I think this is a this is a pretty sharp line for me. I think that you know the under is the absolute play here. You know, both teams uh, I mean, I, I'm harping on what Iowa does or has done. Penn State, I mean, they only get 418 yards a game, and they give up 314. They're, they're so similar. Penn State scores 30, gives up 12. Iowa scores 33, gives up 11. I mean, this is uh, this, these are mirror images of each other, it, but for the fact that Penn State's got a little bit more of a prolific passer and a little bit more prolific receiver, and Iowa's much better on the ground. Hey, all in all, I mean, if you like watching paint dry, if you like watching Big Ten football, if you like seeing, you know, a lot of punts, field goals, a little bit of wind, cold people waving at the cancer patients, watch this game. Otherwise, you know, this is going to be a, a standard 17 to 13 final, just like Nick said. Yeah, I can't add much. I think the line is sharp. It's basically saying this is pick them on a neutral, which I can't really disagree with. I will say Iowa has been crazy reliant on turnovers this year. And the advanced stats guys, Bill Connolly's of the world, will tell you that you can't rely on that week to week. You know, it's not replicable. But in Iowa's case, they are. They're doing it week in and week out. They're getting like two, three turnovers a game. They're getting crazy good field position. So at some point, they begin to defy the metrics, and it's just, you know, it's a trend. It is what it is. Um, if Penn State plays a clean game, I think Penn State's got the better roster. I think they're probably the better team. But Iowa's just managed to get people um, in bad positions behind the chains, um, and have been really opportunistic on defense. So I expect that to continue. I think the under is the right play. I mean, it's it's a low number for college football, crazy low if you're not considering, I mean, basically in a game without service academies, super low. So um, you're hoping for a clean game if, you're, if you've got the under with no short fields. But uh, I agree with Ben here. I think it's a punt fest. Last one with the ball, kicks a field goal to win, something like, you know, 20 to 17. All right, y'all want to talk uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and then we'll do uh, we'll throw out a few more locks. Austin, you don't have any locks, so be, be thinking. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Ole Miss uh, says it looks like it opened at six and a half. It's down to six. Ole Miss minus six, and the over under sixty six and a half. Um, uh, you want me to go first, Zach? I can, I can, I can go real quick. I, I'll, I'll be brief. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. I think this is a great spot for Ole Miss. I think that Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin have had this game circled after last year's embarrassment. I think being at home in front of what I expect to be a huge crowd is going to be big for this team. It's going to be a lift. And I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it, but this is back-to-back long road trips for Arkansas, and it's an 11 a.m. kick. Give me the better quarterback. Give me Matt Corral revenge game. I, uh, I, I'm inclined to lay the points here. And I don't, and this isn't, I don't think Ole Miss is going to blow out Arkansas because I think Arkansas's defense is good enough to keep it respectable. But I could see a 10 point win here. Um, and I don't think it'd be that difficult. I just think that the maturity that Matt Corral has shown this season, and I think that after last week, they're going to be really itching to get that taste out of their mouth. And man, it feels like Ole Miss hasn't been at home in a month. 
with uh, the Tulane game being so weird and then the bye week and then you go to Tuscaloosa. I, uh, I expect uh, a lot of excitement um, from this Ole Miss team. I expect a lot of emotion. I feel like they're really going to want to just drain last week and get back on the, uh, the winning side of the column here. So I, um, I'm also going to lay the points. I, I thought about locking this in. I'm not, I'm not there yet, or I've not sold myself on that yet. Um, Arkansas is, is more than pretty good on defense. They're good on defense. They, when they've given up 282 yards, they only gave up a little more than 300 to Georgia. They, they've got um, some serious, you know, I, I think that where Ole Miss comes out ahead is Ole Miss is just so good on offense, and Arkansas does not have the horses that Alabama did that I think that Ole Miss, it's, you know, Ole Miss is just eventually going to overpower them uh, towards the end of the game and barring you know, some kind of crazy six turnover fest like Matt Crow had last year. These are essentially the same two teams going at it again, except Ole Miss is at home and has had plenty of time, you know, or uh, as you said, Zach, hopefully has had the game circled on the schedule. The 11 a.m. kick worries me a little bit. It tends to favor the away team for me, but I um, um all in all, I will take Ole Miss and lay the points. I'll be a lot briefer than I was about the Alabama game, and maybe it'll change our luck. And and I'll add this, Ben, brief uh, nugget here. With Jerry Neely questionable with concussion, they're still not sure if he's going to play. I think you're going to get a heavy dose of number 24. And you got to. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to speak it into existence. I don't understand why he doesn't get more touches. I think they're um, going to really yeah. try to establish the run early because they love running to pass, and they've got to get – Snoop Connor the football. So I think that you're going to see a lot of, of Mr. Connor running the ball against Arkansas early. Yeah, I mean, Connor's got to get the ball more. It's just really inexcusable that, that he didn't. But I, I mean, I think unless something's changed with Mingo, I think there's a, a problem I've got with with Ole Miss and that, that they don't have the SEC talent at receiver that I think they can really take the top off. I, I just don't. I mean, I. I think that Drummond's a a good receiver. I think that Sanders is a good receiver, but I don't really see a top end tight end out there, and I don't see a guy that would be even the number two guy probably on Ole Miss any of Ole Miss's last six or seven teams uh, wide receiver wise, and I just think that they need either Mingo or they need some replacements in the next couple you know coming years to be that next guy. I just don't. I don't think there's enough offensively to blow out a team uh, like Arkansas, and I don't. I don't think they will. I'm, I'm going to gobble those points up. I really think if you could somehow, if it ever got to seven and you could get that, that would be a huge number to get. But I just think Arkansas is going to keep it close. I understand that Burks is playing, but you know he's a little bit banged up, and I think we all know that you know Jefferson's banged up. I still think the defense is good enough to keep Ole Miss at bay. I think this game is a comfortable under as well. I, honestly, I almost locked that in. I think we're looking at maybe an Ole Miss 31-28 type victory, way too close for comfort. So that's well under the 66-and-a-half if you're looking for something to bet on this game. 
Um, I, I tend to agree with Nick here that my initial lean is is under. I, I think the the difference in the final score will be a little higher. Hopefully, anyway, it's more like 35-24 Rebs rather than like 31-28. I don't know that my heart can take a 31-28 Rebs <laughs> final. Um, Ole Miss needs this win. We got to get off the map. Both of us were taken to the woodshed last weekend. Arkansas uh, much more severely than we were, obviously. But look, nobody expected Arkansas to compete, and we expected Ole Miss to compete. I mean, I think your casual football fan expected Ole Miss to compete, and we largely didn't last week against Bama. So I'm curious to see where our heads are at collectively. I'm curious to see how we rebound. Um, upon rewatching, you know, some of the game, I thought our defense played better than I initially realized when I was watching it live. Um, I would like though to see some wrinkles to the three, two, six, maybe we can send a little pressure um, in this game before we get down 35. Um, I, I want to see Snoop Connor get the ball more, as y'all said, and this week he may have to out of necessity. Um, but the, the reason I'll circle back here, the reason I like the under is because I think Arkansas is going to try to play the game at a snail's pace. I mean, I think they understand what we want to do. And and if it turns into a track meet, um, I don't think they can score with us. So I think we're going to see heavy run from them. I think we're going to see KJ Jefferson involved in the run game. And they're going to hope to hit us over the top with play action whenever we get lazy and uh, lose focus or discipline in the box. So um, just got to be prepared for it. Offensively, we 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 need a better showing, particularly our offensive line. Um, they've got to play better. Uh, Bama exposed some weaknesses, offensive line and receiver, as Nick said. I keep telling myself though that this is not Bama. Arkansas is not Bama. They've done a really good job, but what they've got to work with. Odom's a very good coach, and I think we'll see just exactly how good Sam Pittman is or isn't when he loses Odom. But um, you know, they don't have the horses that Bama's got. So I think if we're patient, if Corral checks down and settles for seven yards at a time rather than trying to, you know, throw bombs over the top of the drop eight, I think we win the game. Um, I don't think it's as large a margin, again, as I would have hoped for this summer after listening to Arkansas fans talk about six interceptions for a year now. Um, but I think we win, cover the six, and it goes under. Like I said, 35-24 Ole Miss. Look, if I'm playing against Ole Miss now, and I know that it, that Mingo's at least out, we really – I'm with Nick. We Everybody talks about how fast – who is it? Sanders is. We really don't have that take-the-top-off-the-defense type receiving core like we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you're not going to have DK Metcalf every year. Sure. Or – Quincy at a boy Joe, but uh, either way, if I'm playing against Ole Miss, I'm not playing the drop eight anymore. Like that kind of plays into our hand. I'm, I'm bringing guys. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to confuse the offensive line who obviously was entirely rabbled, if not overmatched or both against Alabama. I'm, I'm making us do, I'm making corral, forcing him out of the pocket, which he's not bad on the run. But I'm doing all those things to try and make it as uncomfortable for him as possible. Because if you play drop eight and he can just sit back there and not have to worry about anybody getting to him, he's going to pick you apart now. He's he's figured that out. And so without us having the speed of Elijah Moore or whoever, you whatever you want to say, 
I would be bringing the house, man. I, I would say, you know what? We're going to line up to come after Corral all day, and we're you're going to have to make quick, you know, decisions and beat us. And that's kind of what Bama did, Ben. You know, again, they they it, got it they got the horses to do it, but they manned us up outside and got in our face. You know, they didn't do the drop eight bullshit. You know, they didn't they didn't let Matt Corral stand back there and 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 come. I mean, he got you know. hit a lot. Yeah, yeah, they came after him. Now again, I. Does Arkansas have the guys to do that? I don't know. I don't know if Odom's going to take his chances um, and let Corral dice him up or whether he sends the house. I guess we'll see. But we know what they did last year. So I have no doubt they were going to be prepared for yeah, that look. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. It's, a, it, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting deal because even if they don't have – we all know that they don't have what Alabama has. But do they have enough to stop – what we've got on the outside, if they yeah, bring maybe. guys, if yeah. they come up and get in our face, I mean, they might. We don't appear – again, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm just having a hang, bad hangover from the last game against Alabama. We don't appear to have tremendous speed on the outside to mm-hmm. me. I mean, we kind of – we feel like our guys lumber around. I don't know. Uh, maybe we hit – Four sixty-yard bombs, and I'm proven wrong on uh, on Saturday. Uh, if there's speed on the outside wide receivers, I'm, I'm I haven't seen it. I mean, that's not to say it's we're slow, John Rice Plumley, and he's just not as good as the other ones. Right, exactly. I think we're honestly, you know, short of a couple bombs against Tulane, we're much more of a methodical offense mm-hmm. than we were last year. And I kind of think, I think, I think that's why there's some value on the under. In, in a lot of our games, because the A, the defense is better than, than they were last year. And B, we have, uh, again, short of a couple, you know, big plays against Tulane, we've got eight and nine play scoring drives all littered across our, our play sheets. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a few against Tulane were nine, I mean, excuse me, against Louisville, nine, 10, 11 plays. You know, last week, I think we had, what was it, 11 plays when we went down there and, uh, or 11 or 12 when we did not score on the first possession. I mean, that was a very lengthy possession. When we finally did score in the third quarter, there were only three possessions that whole quarter. They scored, or excuse me, yeah, they scored, we scored, they drove down the field and got, you know, intercepted at the goal line. Mm-hmm. There were three possessions in an Ole Miss-Alabama game. So, yeah, I think that we kind of will sit back and and maybe that's what Corral needs to do is be, be content taking – six, seven, eight yards at a time, that, that's fine with him. But I think it plays perfectly into Arkansas's hand, at least in terms of wanting to shorten the game. And I think that's going to bring the game, you know, the game a little closer. I'll yeah, we mentioned, my- we mentioned last week, too, it was it's going to be tough to do this going forward because of the schedule. But I wouldn't mind seeing a youth movement at certain positions. I mean, let's see what Braylon Brown's mm-hmm. got outside. Mm-hmm. Let's see what some of the young guys have at guard. Now, I think Rhodes is going to get the first look to replace Caleb Warren at, at guard. But, you know, let's see what Cedric Melton has. Um, at this point, there's not going to be a good time to break them in. So you might as well see what you've got, right? Um, right. It's not it's, You're not throwing the season away to put Braylon Brown at receiver for two series. You know what I mean? Let's see if he can get separation. Yeah, I like that. And I would say probably do it on defense too, because I know he's been working his way back with the knee injury. But I mean, at this point, like shake things up. Let's 
see what Taiwan Taiwan Malone's got. Put him yeah. out there and see if he can create, you know, be disruptive, create pressure, make some plays. Um, I mean, I think that Jamon Gordon and and Isaiah Iton are starting to kind of turn a little bit of a corner. They've graded out well with pro football focus numbers. Um, they made some plays last week. Um, I still think they're going to stay in the three, two, six because of personnel, but yeah, they're going to have to be disruptive and try to confuse KJ Jefferson and you try to bait him in to throw a pick or, you know, just kind of, you know, Hey, try to beat us with your, with your backs. Um, because as we talked about on the show earlier this week, the numbers showed that Ole Miss was in position to make tackles and to make plays against Alabama. They just didn't do it. And as Austin said, as Ben said, and as Nick said, Arkansas is not Alabama. They don't have the same players. So it could be a different story this week. It, it, maybe I'm wrong here, and maybe we we tried to and we just couldn't get there or something. But I, I feel like we've got to bring some pressure on, on Jefferson this weekend because we know he's already banged up a little bit. I mean, he's, he's a little gimpy. He's gotten hit a lot this year. I just feel like you cannot let him sit back in the pocket like we did Bryce Young and take – you know, nine, 10 yards at a time, like he wanted to. Right. I feel like you've got to hit Jefferson because he will almost certainly get injured. again. I'm not saying go injure him, but I mean, it's a football game and you hit the quarterback and mm-hmm. if nothing else towards the end of the game, he's thinking in the back of his mind, Hey, he's hearing footsteps, you know? So that's, it's part of the game. You need to hit the quarterback. The more times you hit the quarterback in the game, the more likely you are to win. I think that's probably, you know, written in stone somewhere. So mm-hmm. go after him a little bit. Don't let him dink and dunk you seven, eight yards at a time. I mean, death by a thousand paper cuts. Mm-hmm. I saw it last week. was not very fun. Agree. All right, so let's get into our locks. I got my third and final one here. Mm-hmm. North Carolina minus 17 and a half against Florida State. Um, what North Carolina <laughs> North Carolina put it on Duke last week. Duke's not bad. They're, they're not great, but they really, really made a statement and really put up some numbers. I think that that – the Phil Longo, um, you know, the index card that's his play sheet typically reads, <laughs> if it's a really bad team, we're going to really put it on them. And Florida State is a really bad team. So I expect the heels to roll here and to really start to take some steps into trying to win an ACC title. I remember that FSU beat North Carolina last year when they were ranked in the top that 10. Is, that is correct. Major revenge here for UNC. Yeah. Love it. Austin, you got any? Yeah, let's go with the uh, the SMU Ponies. They are playing at Navy. Oh, where they, good bet. They haven't won since 1998. They lost five straight there. Um, Navy got their fluky win out of the way this year last week when they beat uh, Central Florida straight up. I think that's the last one of those. We will see SMU is laying under two touchdowns. Um, SMU is sneaky good. I mean, like really good. Undefeated Mordecai is really good. Their receiving core might be the best in the country outside of Ohio State. Um, I think SMU gets into the mid to high 40s here. Navy doesn't get into the 30s. I think it's a comfortable cover at 13 and a half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ben, you're up. Um, all right. So uh, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons play uh, at Syracuse. Um, it's a two thirty kick on ESPN two. I think, um, you know, I like Sam Hartman. He's got some good numbers, just a sophomore Wake Forest. Isn't bad. They've got some pretty good wins to start the year. I mean, they beat Virginia, beat Florida state, kind of beat them both handedly. 
beat Louisville. Um, you know, whereas Syracuse, I watched enough of them against Liberty to think, you know, they're not great. I mean, Liberty had every chance in the world to win that game. Syracuse also lost at Florida State um, just last week. So uh, Wake Forest are riding high five and oh, they're number 10 or, or 19, excuse me, they're number 19 in the country. Um, I like the Demon Deacons. I'm away, I guess, five and a half. Can you get five and a half, yep. Nick? I can get five and a half. Yeah. Yep. All right. There we go. Also, also to add a little bit of incentive for that one, it opened at 11. It's down to five and a half. It's mm. a huge move. Yeah. Huge. All right. All right, Nick. Yeah. My last lock of the week. Does anyone know who is last in the entire country in first downs allowed? Oh. First downs allowed? Massachusetts. Anyone know who is? Also, 127th in passing yards, Massachusetts. Who's 129th in passing yards allowed? UConn, okay? These teams are 123rd and 128th in points allowed. They are absolutely horrible on defense. I mean, you've got two bad defenses and two, at best, bad offenses. That's as nice as I can be to them but they're not horrible offenses. Give me over 57 in the Sickos game of the week. What? Yes. I'm telling you, this one's going to be ugly, but neither team can stop the other team. I mean, they're they're awful. Let me pull up the offensive numbers while we're at it. I mean. Nick, do you want to hear what Odd Sharks pre- predicted score is with the computer? <laughs> What's that? They predict an 18 to 12 win for you guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, if it, the score is 18 to 12 and there are six or 10 field goals in that game, I won't pick another game this year. If it, this final score is 18 12, uh, I just know this one's going to be a barn burner. I think both teams get into the 30s. I mean, Connecticut last week, what, how many did they score against Vanderbilt? Got to the well, high like 20s, right? 20 something, 27, yeah. right? No, it was, it was 30 to 28 in the final. Oh, okay. You know, 30 to 30 to 28. So, I mean, who, who's got a better defense, Vanderbilt or, or Massachusetts? And, I mean, it's saying a lot to say Vanderbilt. But Massachusetts is, is god off. I mean, they, they are two really bad defenses, and I just think they're, they're going to show up. The offenses are going to dial something up here. All right? I think one team's going to be in the, in the mid-30s, one team in the mid-20s. Nick is literally dousing himself in gasoline and then giving a flamethrower to a toddler. Oh, this is on this is on Flow Sports. Like this couldn't be. <laughs> oh God! Please tell me you're paying to watch it. Oh, uh, I will if I get back in from the Ole Miss game in time. This is a two yes. thirty game of the day. I cannot imagine there will be a single person at that game that did not attend one of the universities. I, I mean. And there won't be many that did attend the universities there in the first place. But, yeah. The players' parents aren't even going to that game. Oh, man. Uh, That's going to be – Just a stadium full of masochists. Yeah. Here we go. Over 57. The win's a win. All right. Austin, you got two more. Hit us. Okay. All right. We've already touched on the um, uh, game of the week brought to you by Mayonnaise with uh, Penn State, Iowa. But I'm going to (laughs) – uh, the two fan bases for which mayonnaise is too spicy. We're going to Michigan, Nebraska, um, <laughs> under 50 and a half. Uh, this is just complete rock fight. Um, mm-hmm. Nebraska's defense is actually, turns out, not bad. 
Michigan's defensive line is pretty damn good as well. Nebraska can't really do anything on offense um, except run the ball with Martinez. Michigan lost its downfield threat in week one. They just really run the ball, throw underneath the tight ends. Um, I think Frost and Harbaugh will oblige here. I mean, neither one of those guys are exactly like, you know, exotic play callers are going to take the top off of defenses or anything like that. I think both of them are content to win this game like 17-10. So it goes under. All right, Ben, you got your last one. Oh, I thought I'd already done three. Sorry. You got Georgia Auburn over Wake minus five and a half. Did I miss one? Gosh, I can't believe I picked Georgia Florida or Auburn over. I'm such a why didn't y'all stop me? I did. I said, are you sure you meant I'm over? Yeah. He did <laughs> say then, that. And, and then Zach, Zach tried to give another? you Zach tried to give you over 60 and a half on that. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. the biggest screw job I've ever seen. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um Austin, you got one is more for this us? The last one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got one. Let's go uh Utah USC over 52 and a half. I, I really don't understand this number at all. Again, I'll say it for the hundredth time. The average total in college football is 56. I don't know how you line this under the average, given that USC gave up um, 30, I mean, sorry, 45 to Oregon State. Um, they gave up 42 to Stanford. I mean, I just need Utah to get like mid 30s here, or maybe even 30. I think USC is going to get theirs as well because for the first time in a long time, Utah doesn't have a very good defense. So where's the game? It's at uh, USC. So yeah, the Coliseum. Yeah. So look, at 28 27 goes over. Like, oh yeah, I, I don't know what I'm missing. All right, Ben, take us home. Right, so yeah, I'm ready. Sorry. Okay. So um, is anybody? pick the BYU boys a game yet? Oh, no. Go off, King. Okay, so uh, BYU hosts Boise State. Um, I'm The line opened at two and a half. It shifted all the way to six. Uh, mm. BYU is laying six against Boise. Uh, I, you can also get it at five and a half, and I'm actually going to lay that. I'm going to take uh, BYU minus five and a half against Boise. Um, part of I'm I'm going to play with the line shift, but at the end of the day, BYU is not bad this year, and and I don't I think Boise is getting a lot of name recognition credit there. They're two and three. They haven't really looked good in any. I mean, I guess you could say the one point loss to Oklahoma State wasn't bad, but you know they got beat soundly by UCF, and you know took the one they got beat by ten against Nevada. I, I just um. Meanwhile, BYU is undefeated with, you know, I guess they're probably ranked in the top 10 now. I think this is a, a solid win for BYU. It, it feels like a sucker line, but I'm going to, like I say every week, I'm a sucker for a sucker bet. So uh, give me the Cougs. Ben, uh, that line shift too, I think is because BYU is getting their starting quarterback back. So I think you got the right side there. Yep. All right. That's going to do it. 12 locks are in. Make sure to, uh, you know, tail Austin. If I go 0-3 uh, again, I promise y'all I'm not doing this anymore. I, I'm going to tender my resignation. I, I wasn't – I'm not trying to harp on it, but I'm 2-1 and one three weeks in a row. Yeah, I was about to say, you might need to start looking at what Nick's doing too. Um, 
But yeah, that's going to do it for week six of the Legal Gambling Council. Um, yeah, gotta gotta bounce back here. A lot of people trying to bounce back this week, including us. So, um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to the sponsors for making this show possible. Tune in to uh, RedCupRebellion.com for all of your pregame stuff for Arkansas 11 a.m. kick on ESPN. Uh, until next week, we will uh, we will talk to you then. We out.